Awesome. Well, we are in week two of our series on uh, the I am statements from the book of John. Last week, Nick talked about bread. And um, tonight, uh, I'm talking about a familiar familiar, uh, image to you. It's light. We just turned it on in the room. Uh, We have some blue light going, right? Light. It's something we encounter every day. I remember when I was actually at camp in sixth grade. Any sixth graders in the house? There's not. There's a few. I know of a few. They're just, they're secret about it. Um, When I was in sixth grade, uh, was at camp that I accepted Jesus. I, I think you may have heard this before, but I didn't, I don't actually remember the message that was given. I don't remember uh, the words that were spoken. I know that someone shared their testimony at a campfire. They talked about how they had encountered the Lord. I don't remember who it was. Uh, I don't even remember if it was a guy or a girl. I just know that I encountered the Lord that night. On my way back to the cabin, uh, it, was, it was dark like it is now, and there was like this spotlight, like kind of lighting the pathway. And I remember, um, for whatever reason, as I'm walking back, looking at this light, feeling the Holy Spirit move in my life, um, that, that stands out to me as this, this profound moment where I encountered the Spirit of God, what I now know as um, the Holy Spirit like coming into my life. I, I feel that sometimes now. It's this warmth, this like sensation, God's love and care over me. And I remember feeling it in that moment as I looked at this light and I'm heading back to my cabin. And I just knew that everything had changed, that, that the light of Jesus had poured into my life. Um, and that as Austin said during worship, uh, he, he was my savior, but also he was my king. He was gonna be the, the one calling the shots in my life from then on out. And it was, remember, I remember it was at that camp that, that they, they found out I accepted Jesus for the first time. They gave me a book and it was titled More Than a Car- Carpenter. It was by a guy named Josh McDowell. And I read this book and I had already decided that Jesus was my Lord. I had, I had decided that, that he was who um, people claimed that he was. Uh, and, but it was in Josh's book where I encountered this uh, idea again about Jesus being Lord. Um, and it was kind of after I had already decided, but Josh McDowell uh, said, if he's not Lord, he, must be something, he would be something else. And it would either be a liar or a lunatic. And I'll just read one of his quotes. Oh, whoa. I usually bring the keyboard with me. You got me, bro. Um, I pushed my own keyboard says, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would be a great, would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with a man who says he is a poached egg or else he would be the the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. And as a young person, I had to decide if I believed that he was a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. And the truth is, is you have to make that same decision in your life. He, he couldn't have just been a good teacher. He had to, people making the claims that Jesus did either had to, to be actually who he said he was or be someone who's looking to deceive or a crazy person. And I'll just kind of break down the argument for you. I don't think he was a crazy person because much of the stuff he said was so profound. Someone who's crazy or thinking kind of loony, they're not gonna say the kind of stuff that Jesus said. His teachings are still impacting people to this day. Like it impacted tons of people to follow him. Could a crazy madman really get this many followers? 
Or um, even someone who is leading others into deception, would someone really die for a lie like that? Would they really, like, I don't know about you, if I'm lying to get tons of followers, my goal isn't to like end up on the cross. And you see um, like all of these other people joining in on the lie, right? I just, I don't, I don't see it. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't see it birthing this movement that we've seen. Um, but I can't maybe convince you of that in the next 30 minutes. It will be for you to decide, just like when I was a young person. Um, but if he really is, uh, so if Jesus is a crazy person, then what he says has of no importance to us. And if he's a liar, then his words can't be trusted. But I want you to consider this. If he really is the king of the universe, the physical image of God, the one who created heaven and earth, the one who made all things visible and invisible, the one who holds everything together, then his words have the most importance, right? His words are either of no importance or they are of the most importance. Because I'm someone that believes that his words, that he was Lord and that his words are of the utmost importance, um, I'm hanging on every word that Jesus gives us. I'm like someone like, maybe you have a crush, they send you notes in class, you're hanging on every word. That's me with Jesus, the creator of the universe. I'm hanging on every word. And as Christians, um, that's what we should do. This is why we started this series. We wanna hang on his every word, especially what he says about himself. There's In the Gospel of John, there's seven things that he claims to be. Um, and as I mentioned tonight, we're talking about light. Um, this is an iconic, it's a timeless symbol, uh, in, even in movies today, right? They're always using light. Light has so much... Uh, importance, filmographer, filmographers, is there a better word than that? There you go, that word, videographers. They're always looking at how they can use the light to better tell the story, right? Light is powerful. Um, John 8, 12 says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What does Jesus' claim to be the light of the world, uh, how, how does that impact us? That's what we're pursuing tonight. What is Jesus claiming and what does his claim mean to us? Uh, and I wanna begin by just discussing the functions of light, right? What are the functions of light? Light reveals what's hidden in the dark in, darkness. That's a main function. Light leads us out of difficult situations. It brings knowledge about things that are in front of us. It shows you what's really there. Without a light source, we are lost and confused. That's the, that's, that's, um, the, the functions of light in our life, right? It, it's how we see color. Light reflects color to us. It's how we see. It's how we move and walk and interact with the world. Um, and here's the thing. When Jesus says he's the light of the world, he's not just saying like, that he's beaming light. Although God is, it, it does seem like if you read through scripture, God's, a, a physical attribute of God is light, right? When, they, when God saw Moses, it even said that he was reflecting light. He was glowing after being in God's presence. There, there is, it's true, God physically, one of his attributes is light. But I also think when it says that Jesus is the light of the world, it's, it's not just saying that he's shining brightly, it's saying this, that in our world, there's spiritual darkness. There's not just a physical darkness, there's actually spiritual darkness. Um, that is, 
to say like, there are things in our world that, that confuse us and, and make us, cause us to be lost, um, that, that get us in difficult situations. Um, and, and specifically uh, regarding like how we live and how we walk and move throughout this world. Our, like our morals, there's a spiritual darkness over our morals. We're confused about what's right and what's wrong. Uh, the prophet Isaiah says this in 520, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. There's things that are good and God-honoring in our culture that the world calls evil. And there's things in, that are evil that the culture calls good. And actually, Satan, who, that, who we, are, we are in opposition against, he's actively trying to deceive you. He's called the deceiver in scripture. Satan literally means the deceiver. And so he's, he's looking to confuse things for you. He's looking for you to be lost, not be able to find your way. So you have the world and its messages, and you have Satan trying to confuse things. We find ourselves in a spiritually dark place. Ephesians says this, if we move to the Ephesians verse, Ephesians tells us that the state of an unbeliever is perpetual darkness. That if they don't, as, as they don't believe in God, they don't, their paths aren't straight, they don't know where they're headed, um, and, and that they're in darkness. It says that before you believed, for those of us who believe, before we believed that we were, it was almost like we were asleep, right? Culture uses that word woke to when, we, when you kind of finally realize things for what they are, right? I, I woke, like you woke up. I think there's, there's an element here in which when you become a believer, you're, in a, in a sense, you've become woke to the reality. Does that make sense? I know that woke can be used like, in a way that's negative, but you wake up. You kind of wake up to the way that you were living. Whoa, when I was in spiritual darkness, I didn't realize that was wrong. I didn't see that happening around me. It says that we're asleep, that we're almost like the walking dead. We're like zombies moving through this world. Like that's the picture given in Ephesians. And it says that when we're in this state, before we became believers, that we conducted deeds of darkness. And it says that these deeds, they bear no fruit in our lives. So, so when we're not walking in the light, when we're walking in spiritual darkness, it's like we're asleep and, and we're trying to find our way. Um, and, and not only are like we doing wrong things, but it's not producing fruit in our life. It's like nothing of, of, it's not healthy. It's not producing health in our life as we walk in this way. It says that the things that are, the deeds that are done in this state are embarrassing and shameful right? This is the verse, it's up there, you've been looking at it probably, but it says you were once darkness, but now you are a light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of light consists of goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of the darkness, but rather shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So you read these verses, 
what would you say um, describes your life more? Would it, would it be like, man, I, you know, I think I'm living as a child of light. I think like, yeah, I used to live a certain way, but now, and there used to be things in secret, there was deeds that were done that, I was a, that, that are even embarrassing to mention. But now as a child of light, God has changed my attitude. He's changed my view. He's woken me up to these things. And now I'm a child of light. Or would you say, um, man, I, I don't know. Like as, as you're reading that, maybe, maybe I'm in darkness. Maybe I'm sleepwalking through. Maybe there's things I'm doing that, that I need to get rid of. Maybe you're somewhere in between. I wanna be a child of light. I wanna walk with God, but there's still some things that are in my life that are hidden, that are embarrassing or shameful. Wherever you find yourself on that spectrum, um, know this, that, that you can bring things into the light. You can allow the light of Christ to shine on you and to, and to make you new. Um, like maybe you're finding yourself, right? Like you're, you've been pursuing certain deeds in the darkness, right? Um, this idea of deeds in the dark, like people really do. I think if you were just to look it up, more crimes are committed in the dark. People do bad things in the dark. It's just the way it works because it's hidden. Um, maybe for you, there's some of those things that are in the dark or there's, there's these things that you haven't surrendered to God. Maybe you're even looking online, finding people who will justify your actions, right? Remember doing that. I actually remember doing this as a young person. I got like, I got a smartphone. It's when they first came out. I'm a junior, senior in high school. I remember doing these, going through these things and going like, is it wrong to blank looking up going, oh, here's a Reddit thread. They don't think it's wrong. It's probably fine, right? You, the truth is you can find someone who will probably tell you what you're doing is not as bad as the next guy. It's not that bad. Maybe, maybe you know, but you've been, you've been um, seeking to justify or um, rationalize it away. Or maybe you've even called it good. You know what, this isn't all that bad. It's just self-expression. Um, this person or this, this opinion says that it's actually good and healthy and that, that Christians like saying it's bad or they're just trying to suppress uh, you, you know, your authentic self. Maybe you've even convinced yourself that there's some things that are good about it, but you know deep down that it's not right. Are there things that you're doing in dark or in secret that, that you would be ashamed of if the light was turned on, right? I think that's one way to think about it. If, if people knew, would, it, would, would you be embarrassed if the light was turned on? Specifically, like, that, that's, a, that's a gauge. You know, Jesus, he really wants to help you in these, these situations. I think we all carry these things. Like, man, if the light was turned on, that would be rough. Jesus wants to help you. He wants to show you a new path forward. Um, he, I, I believe, actually, he wants to turn the, the light on. Not, that, so that, not so that you'll be ashamed, right? But so that you can actually clean your room. Have you guys ever tried to clean a room in the dark? I, yeah, right? Some of you are like, I've tried it. It's pretty hard to clean a room in the dark. Jesus wants to turn the light on and though it can be embarrassing or difficult at first, it's the best way to get things in shape. It's the best way to get them in order. Just the other night, uh, we've been potty training my two-year-old Olin and he's doing pretty good, by the way. He's, I'm proud of him. He's, he's crushing it. But he, he usually, he sleeps through the night without a pull-up, it's not an issue. But this night, this special particular night, uh, we always clean his room before he goes to bed, but this night it was late, so I just put him in bed and his room was thrashed, right? That's not common for him, but this night he woke up, of course, the one night his room is thrashed, he wakes up at 3 a.m. 
And we hear him call out, classic, right? I need to go potty. By the time I get to his door, I open the door and he says, I'm a little bit sad. I, I pottied my pants. And so I take him to the potty and he's going and he says, he's kind of like sobbing, crying a little bit. He says, I'm sad, my cars pushed me down. They scratched me. Um, the next day we woke up and uh, he said, we're in the car and he's like, yesterday my cars pushed me down. They scratched me, I pottied my pants. Um, he was trying to get to the door, right? He was trying to like go on the potty, but he got hurt in the dark, right? Maybe for some of you, the room of your life is a mess, right? There, there's like, and, and maybe the things that are in your room are more embarrassing than Hot Wheel tracks, right? Maybe you've tried to get rid of these things, you've tried to clean up your room on your own, and you couldn't find a way, and maybe, like my son Olin, you have found yourself disoriented and hurt, and maybe you're left in a mess, right? If that's you tonight, I just wanna encourage you with this. You, you have a loving father who's in the next room over, who's, who wants to come running to you when you call out to him. For you to say like, I'm here, I need help, I'm stumbling through the dark, my room's a mess. And I know this can be hard to, to believe or to, to know, especially if you've got difficult relationship with, uh, with your father, but God really is a good father. He, he, not only does he, he wanna help you in that situation, um, but he would love to come running to you, right? He's, and he's not um, disgusted in you. He actually sent Jesus to die for you, to help you clean up this stuff, to help you get things set in order. Um, First John tells us that to walk in the light is to be in fellowship with one another and to be cleansed of our sin. First John 1, six through seven says this, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. And so how do we, we kind of wrap all of this up? It would be, I wanna end where I began, which is this, Josh McDowell, again, in his book, uh, More Than a Carpenter, he says, you can laugh at Christianity, you can mock it and ridicule it, but it works. It changes lives. I should say Jesus Christ changes lives. Christianity is not a religion, it's not a system, it's not an ethical idea, it's not a psychological phenomenon, it is a phenomena, it's a person, it's, it's if you trust Christ, start watching your attitudes and actions because Jesus is in the business of changing lives. All I know is that when I let the, the light of Christ pour into my life as a young person, like McDowell says, my attitudes and actions changed. God took my sin and he woke me up to it. There's, there, there became a point in my life where I was just done living in the dark. The truth is living in the dark is fun for a little while, right? The dark can be fun for a little bit, but I, I believe in our life that there, there's also a moment where we become sick of it and we want Jesus to save us from ourselves. What felt like, maybe what felt like freedom to do something becomes um, like your prison, right? You're like, man, I, I'm free to do this. This is so fun. And you, it becomes a, a prison. Um, and we, like the ironic part is then we need saved from ourselves. We try to be free, but then, but then we're enslaved to ourselves and our own behavior. We know who we want to be, but we're stuck 
Jesus can enter in and he can, he offers you grace and mercy and, and he can cleanse you of all of that stuff if you'll allow him to turn the light on. He'll help, he can help um, wake you up to your actions. He can help you be done living in the dark and help you grow. And that's the gospel. We, we were made to be with God, but we messed it all up. We sinned, we thought we knew a better way. We thought the darkness would be more fun and we got lost and we couldn't find our way back. But Jesus Christ, the light of the world, he took our sins so that we could be righteous. So that we, he provided a pathway, he illuminated a pathway to God so that we can be in right relationship with him. And if you haven't accepted Jesus yet, I wanna encourage you, you can do it tonight. There's no need to wait for camp. There's no need to wait for tomorrow. You can turn the light on, so to speak, tonight. You can accept Jesus Christ as your savior, just as I did in sixth grade. I believe the call in your life would be just what it was in, what, just what Paul said in Ephesians. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So the application for tonight is this. Turn on the light. For believers, for non-believers, turn on the light. Um, how do we turn on the light? One of the ways that we do this is to confess our sin. Um, sometimes we don't wanna turn on the light because we don't wanna be exposed. But I wanna encourage you, expose what's in the dark, bring it into the light. Begin with confessing to God. Like, bring this to God and confess it to him. And then this is where it can get um, difficult, right? We were just singing this song just moments ago. We were singing... Um, uh, God, uh, I'll make room for you to do what you want to. We were just saying that. Lord, I wanna make room for you to do what you want to. Um, we were proclaiming that to God. And I believe that when we were singing that, that many of you meant that. But it becomes a moment like this, when our, when our fists are clenched really tight on something in the dark, that allowing God, making room and allowing God to do what he wants to, to take sin out of the dark, that's when, that's when the rubber meets the road. That's when doing what we were just singing in worship becomes really hard. You know, this is true in my own life because I remember when I was in high school, there's this baggage and this garbage I would carry around from weekend to the next, from one week to the next. And I'd go, not yet, God. God, I'll make room for you, not yet. Do what you want to, God, do what you want to, not yet. Because I was embarrassed because bringing things into the light is hard. I didn't want my parents to know. I was too embarrassed to talk to my youth pastor. I carried these things around until, um, until college and I got these mentors and, and things. Like to be honest, sometimes the light, the light turns on without you wanting it to turn on. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, some, there's some, like, something really profound and beautiful when you bring it to God, when you turn the light on, as opposed to being exposed to something. And so um, maybe this person that you, wanted, that you need to talk to, maybe it's a leader. Maybe it's your parent. Time after time, I've heard students say, oh man, I'm so glad that's in the light. Like I was carrying that around, um, but I'm so glad that my parents know now. Uh, don't get me wrong. Sometimes when you bring things into the light, there's consequences, right? This is true in scripture. You see this in the life of David. Uh, he, he actually murders his best friend and commits adultery. And he doesn't choose to bring it into the light, but it's brought into the light. There's consequences, but he's, he's, he gets to be right before God in the end. It says in scripture that he was a man after God's own heart. 
And you can know this, if you bring something into the light, um, God will accept you. It goes usually like this, right? Um, like, and, and I actually believe not only will God accept you, but I believe your community will accept you too. We spend so much time thinking, if this is brought into the light, my community won't accept me, God won't accept me. Um, but it's usually like this. We confess our sin to God, that's hard, but then bring it to our community, that's even harder. And um, you know you're forgiven in your mind, but you like there's sometimes this point in our life, I've brought that to God, I haven't brought it to my community yet. Maybe some of you are living in that moment right now. I've confessed that to God, I'm working through it with God, my community doesn't know, or my mentor doesn't know, or my parents don't know. And I would say like, you are, you are forgiven, but there's something super powerful about allowing another person that loves you into that place. For someone to go, for, for a human being, like, cause you can get to the spot where you go, I know I'm forgiven, right? The Bible says it, I brought it to God, I know it, but you don't feel it, right? I've been in this spot. I know I'm forgiven, but I don't feel forgiven. I just feel like I'm in, and then I confess my sin to another person and, and they love me through it. And I go, okay, I can believe I'm forgiven in my heart now. Like, like I knew it in my head, but now that I've seen it in flesh, someone who's just a broken person go, I see you, I love you, I still respect you. Not only do I love you, I respect you even more for being transparent in this way. There's something really powerful when another person accepts that in us, doesn't leave us in it, but walks through it with us. Um, and it makes it easier to, in, in my heart, at least for me, I'm just talking personally, it makes it easier in my heart to believe that God would do the same thing. If, an, if another person can do it, I go, I think God can do it. I believe God does it. Um, and then the other cool thing that happens is we go, whoa, they didn't reject me. They didn't, they didn't think I was the scum of the earth. Like they loved me through it, right? There's something beautiful about that. So I would just encourage you, talk to a, a close friend, mentor, um, your parent, if there's something in the dark, even if you've confessed it to God, there's such power in doing that. Um, the other thing I'd say, the other application point for tonight is this, ask God to show you the way. Allow the light to guide your steps. Are there things in your life that you're stumbling over? You're going like, I don't know if, I just have been having this conversation with some new Christians in my life. They go, I don't know if this is right or wrong. And I'm able to be like, dude, check it out. In the word, it breaks it down for us. It tells you if it's right or wrong. And there's some gray areas. And, and here's what, how you man, work through this. Um, if you don't know where to go, ask God to show you the way. Ask God to speak into those spots where you may be stumbling. Ask him to illuminate a path for you. Uh, Psalm 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. God's word can light your path. If you don't know where you're headed, allow his word to speak into it. Maybe, maybe that's in your dating life. I, I know that's in a lot of young people, that's something that they're always walking through. Is this right or wrong? With this person, is it right or wrong? Is it, and, I, and sometimes I've just said to people, I said it recently, did you pray about it? Like, hey, I'll, I'll, give you some of my, I'll give you some of my thoughts, but have you prayed about it? Have you asked God to illuminate your path? Have you sought it out in the, his word? Um, maybe it's on your media consumption, like uh, what you're taking in, right? Should I be watching this? Should I be watching this this much? Should I be, like th these are all things that I believe that the light can, can illuminate our path to. Um, Spend time in his word so that you can learn for yourself to discern, or learn not 
on your own, but with God and with his word, what's right and wrong, what's good and bad. And I just want to, uh, want to close with, with a prayer of examination. This is one thing that you can do. Like sometimes you don't know. The, the interesting thing is sometimes you don't know that you may not even realize that there's, there's things that you're hiding, right? Things that you're walking in or habits that, that, you, that Christ wants to change. And so you can do the prayer of examination. You can allow God to examine your heart. If, you, if anyone does Lectio 365, they do this at the end of each day. They actually ask God in this, in this prayer app, like, God, is there anywhere I sinned today? Illuminate that to me. And so this is, we're kind of going, going to do that. But if you guys would just start posturing yourselves, maybe put your hands out before God, close your eyes. Psalm 139, 23 through 24 says this. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me into the way everlasting. God, would you search our heart? Would you test our anxious thoughts? God, is there any offensive way in us, anything that we're stumbling over in the dark that we need you to illuminate to us? God, would you lead us into a way everlasting? Is there anything today or, or things that these habits I've been carrying, um, any of these thoughts or any of these words or these deeds that I've been doing, God, that, that you wanna speak into? If so, God, as individually now, and, but also collectively, we just want you to illuminate those things to us. Show us the areas that, that, we've been, that we need your help in. God, we wanna thank you for being a loving father. Thank you, Jesus, for bearing our sins on your, in your body on the cross. It's by your wounds that we are healed and it's by your blood that we're cleansed. We receive your forgiveness, Jesus. Thank you, amen.